0: My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. you take drugs, Danny?
1: Good. So what's the problem? Greed,
0: lack of a better word, is good. Thank you, sir.
1: May I have another? Boy, that escalated quickly. You know, before this is over, I'm going to need a whole lot of serious therapy. Johnny, I got so much
2: energy. We better stop doing stupid shit. All right, we're back. Welcome to Johnny Radio, coming to you from Houston, Texas. Uh, my very special guest today, Jr. Hickey, writer, blogger, comedian, um, probably a pretty good husband. <laughs> <The> host- <laughs> well, and the- with my wife <laughs> on, I answer that one. <laughs> and the host of the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast, the Entourage podcast. What's going on, Jr. man?
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, So, before we begin, I kind of just want to give you an intro of kind of why I started this. So, obviously, podcasts have been exploding in the past five years or so. And you and I, I assume, you know, listen to them pretty religiously as far as just entertainment source and all that. Uh, But they've been a big part of my life for the past couple of years. Um, So, I wanted to give my friends a sort of creative outlet I'm not necessarily trying to create good content like you do, but I just want to be able to have a hobby. And, you know, it's something that I am passionate about as far as just creating digital media and all that. So I wanted to give my friends and my guests, uh, just kind of like a creative outlet during this whole pandemic. Um, so we're going to be starting with talking about entourage, but if you had any thoughts about obviously how things are going with you there in San Francisco, um,
1: Yeah, man, I want to leave it to the floor to you to start this out. Well, I mean, I think what you just said, Matt, is what a lot of people are doing right now, trying to figure out ways to express themselves creatively while they're trapped in their home. So I'm assuming podcasting for a lot of people is a great outlet for that. And uh, I I think
2: think Amazon was running out of uh,
1: microphones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see the numbers of like how many podcasts were started in March and <laughs> April. I was just reading something that like, there are a million podcasts out on the market, which is way too many fucking podcasts. Like it's just, <laughs> who's going to listen? I, and I know I get it. No one's going to listen to all of them, but like who? <sighs> Dude, I mean, I just listened to like a select few with like Barstool and then like a few like, like,
2: you know, like random ones like that, but sure. I can't even, I can't even keep up with it. Like. There's Uh, so much content out
1: there. It's a daily, it's like a tidal wave of content washing over you at all times. The, The best part about it though, is that if you have something interesting to talk about, like an entourage, a TV show that like a large segment of people used to love, there is an audience for that. And that audience comes from anywhere. And if you just, if you put the work into market and promote it and kind of do that hustle, like that audience will come. Um, so I've been very fortunate in the past year and a half for that to happen with Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. It's been a ton of work, but also a ton of fun. Yeah. I got to connect with a ton of people, which is, uh, which is awesome.
2: Yeah. So for the people that don't know, can you just give us a breakdown of, uh, I mean, the podcast in general?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, last December, it was like tw- uh, two Decembers ago, so 2018, I had just gotten married. And my wife at the time had to go out of town for like a week for work. Then she went to New York i sitting on the couch and I'm like, oh, perfect, perfect week to like do a rewatch of Entourage, the show that I loved in college and into my early adulthood years when I lived in Chicago and, you know, kind of a great show to watch when the wife isn't around because <laughs> I don't know, not, not, not that there's anything wrong with the show, but just that like she wouldn't have been that interested, I guess. And it's really bingeable. It's like 22 minute episodes, 25 minute episodes and, you know, 96 of them, you can just rip that off in like five days. Um. <clears throat> anyway, I've been in this content creation game for a good number of years now, three to four years, and I started looking for existing content about Entourage, and there wasn't any. Like No podcasts, no real decent Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. There's one or two Instagram accounts that uh, I've become friendly with. Um, entourage Quotes is a good friend of mine. He's a, a, a buddy of mine down in uh, San Diego who runs a great Instagram account. Posts it's hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's really good. So there, there were like, you know, a handful of people which felt really small and uneven. And so I was like, I'll see if I'll start, if I can start a podcast, you know, throw my hat into the ring. And I would had experience podcasting with don't take it from us. This was going to be much more of a solo endeavor for me. Um, Something I can do on my own time. Something I could like have a bunch of my friends on and talk about a show that we used to love. And I recorded that first season all in that, that like December week or two, went on my honeymoon. Came back and Bro Bible reached out and kind of offered me like a, a contract to start help, help him promote the pod, mm-hmm. own part of the pod and uh, you know grow its grow its listenership and help me get guests. So it was off to the races like from uh, that April onward, April twenty nineteen through just uh, last month just like a whirlwind my life has been consumed with entourage the show the podcast has been essentially like a love letter to the show every week we rewatch an episode and talk about our favorite moments talk about like the things that we still love about it things that wouldn't really exist in 2020 how it would be different our favorite like moments, our favorite quotes the mvp of the episode and yeah, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have like a lot of cool guests on some some pretty popular comedians, and as you know, uh, Jerry Ferrara, aka Turtle from the show, was just my most recent guest. Um, in uh, recorded with him in March. Yeah, so let's get into that.
2: Uh, how'd you make that happen, man? I mean, I know you've been talking about it since day one with the podcast, yeah. but how that uh, how'd that come about?
1: It's funny because from day one you know, I started this and at first I just started having like some of my buddies on a lot of the people right. from grand acts and some writers from bro Bible. Every one who listened would like DM me and, you know, at me and say like, why don't you get Kevin Connelly and Adrian Grenier and
2: yeah. Because it's and, Jerry easy, right? on yeah. and I'm like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, do you think that's not like what the <laughs> first, so it's been like a slow burn. Like, you know, first thing you have to do is get their attention. They're, they're celebrities. They've got like hundreds of thousands of people like contacting them and trying to get their attention every day. So Jerry, fortunately I got his attention pretty early. Um, it was last mid April. Um, this I just like came up with some content stream about like our favorite entourage characters as NBA logos. And I figured like (laughs) turtle always wears these like super like, bright monochromatic outfits and they looked a lot like the color schemes of NBA logos and Jerry himself is an NBA fan he's the uh captain of an NBA 2k team and is very active on Twitter and Instagram so I just created this like tweet thread of our favorite NBA our favorite entourage characters is NBA logos but I just made them all turtles so that was kind of the joke it was like that's our favorite character <laughs> and it's all 32 teams it was a shit ton of work and I was doing it on my company's time, which I probably shouldn't admit to, but, you know, tagged him in all 32 tweets, posted it as a thread, which is like, hope he likes this. And he loved it. And he shared every single one of them, kept resharing it. I did a follow up that summer and he immediately like followed the account. And that was when like our conversation started. So I, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: started messaging with him, telling him, thank you so much for sharing huge fan would love to get you on the podcast. And he was immediately like, yeah, dude, I'd love to, but I like what you're doing. And then he had a kid. Like his wife was like nine and a half months pregnant and then things just kind of went sideways. Like I saw that, yeah. He, he also was, I think, finishing up his last season on the stars Show Power. So he was flying from New York to L.A. and back. He, he lives in Brooklyn, You know, does shooting in L.A. And so he didn't really have a lot of time to come on the uh, Entourage podcast for free. So totally understandable. We kept like hitting each other up. And every time I'd reach out to him, it was like, I, I like in retrospect was like, why did I reach out to him today? Like, <laughs> like this year I reached out to him and was like, Hey man, we'd love you to come on this weekend. And then he's like, yeah, not today though. Cause it's Valentine's day. And I was like, Oh fuck. It is Valentine's day. Like, I just was like, not thinking clearly. Like when I'd reach out to him, we would just have a little moment of interaction on, you know, whatever Twitter, Instagram. And I'd like try to capitalize on it. And then, you know, this happens. Everyone goes into lockdown and, all of a sudden, he was very available, and we had a great episode. He told some great stories. He was super participative, participative um, super game to come back. You know, we're still talking about having him come yeah, back. He so seems like good.
2: he seems just like a very friendly dude in general and a nice guy.
1: And- Every single person that I'd engaged with about the show, about the cast and the crew, told me, like, Jerry's the guy you want to debt. He's the first desk mm-hmm. you got to debt. Is he, first off, he's also the youngest, like, he's like a good. I think probably, like, half a decade younger than the next person in the entourage. So, you know, he's 40. So he kind of gets the whole, like, entourage. Kind of Are the, the rest whole- of them
2: that much older? Really?
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, And, like, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, shit on anyone because of their age. It's just... <laughs> like like no i was just more curious Kevin Dillon's like doesn't you know have a twitter account and isn't okay well okay well kevin Dillon, but uh,
2: like yeah i guess kevin Connolly too and um
1: yeah so that's what it is is like jerry's like he's with it he works in like digital media with the nba 2k stuff he does online streaming of his gaming so he gets it dude he like he's been very cool about sharing our content accrediting me accrediting the accounts helping grow those accounts helping grow listenership so like hats off to him if it wasn't for jerry ferrara's participation this thing might not still exist because i mean it's, so
2: i, I did know. listen to your last podcast yeah um, yeah that's a, a whole so story. yeah <laughs> no i mean just uh i mean obviously you're doing a great job just a future um you know outlook um you expect us to keep growing even with the lack of bro Bible support. And I know you answered a lot of these questions on that podcast, but for this one.
1: Yeah. For this one. Totally. Um, I mean, the goal is to keep doing it. I'm like a little bit over halfway through every episode of Entourage. We've done 55, 56 episodes now, and there are 96 total. So, you know, rounded the halfway point some point earlier this year, the end is in sight. The last couple seasons are are tough hang. Um, all
2: right, so you're not a big fan of the last few seasons,
1: but they're, like, they're, for me, more, I didn't right. think they were that bad. That's good, and like that's what that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna find, dude. I'm not like I'm certainly not going to be like the host of an Entourage podcast who's shitting all over <laughs> the last two seasons of Entourage. It's not that. It's that I I prefer the plot lines of seasons three, four, and five. Most people do. I mean, seasons good, two and three were phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, there was, are good moments throughout seasons seven and eight that we can talk about, and I am right. I guarantee when I get to them, I will look upon them with more rose-colored uh, lenses than I probably did when I was like 19 or 20 and I originally watched it. So, um, to, yeah, to answer your question, like the future of the podcast, I just, I'm going to still keep it up. Uh, you know, I'm doing it completely on my own, completely mm-hmm. out of pocket. It's a pretty... Uh, Every episode is very production heavy, so my goal with every episode of the pod was I wanted to include enough audio um, content from the episode that it wasn't essential that somebody go back and rewatch the episode beforehand, which I feel like was a nice hook to get people in. Like, did you oh, have
2: so, Did you have someone producing on Bro Bible's end?
1: Or no, dude, you, I've done everything. doing that? Awesome. I, have, I do, and I, you know, I've, I've I mentioned this on that that episode that I just dropped it's like probably 10 to 12 hours of work a week Oh yeah, and I was getting paid for that, which was great. So now that (laughs) I'm not getting paid for it anymore, it becomes a much like higher mountain to climb every week, given the fact that I also have a full-time job. We're in this pandemic. I'm changing locations every two weeks and I'm a, I'm a husband. I, you know, I have to, (laughs) I have things that I have to do with my wife and things. I want to spend time with her. So there's a little bit of that. So I, I, for the future of the pod, like, Episodes are still gonna come out. They're gonna be a little bit more on my terms. Like I, with Pro Bible out of contract, I had to produce content right. every Monday morning or every week—written content, social content, and audio content. And now that it's on my own terms, you know, if it's ten days in between an episode, uh, it's, that's what it's gotta be. I'm not gonna rush an episode out just to like make the deadline and have like a shitty desk and or shitty production quality. This is no rush. <laughs> like, <I'm> not, like, <laughs> You know, I'm not, like, working towards an end date. I'm just – Well,
2: you're also doing it because you want to. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I want to, you know, every once in a while, and believe me, I heard this a couple times, like, people were pissed off that I didn't get a better guest for an episode, right? (laughs) And it was funny because the listenership of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah is great, and, like, I can't say enough good things about them, but people care about Entourage, man. Like, it's a big deal to them. I am basically treading on something that they found – sacred and so they are critical of someone who's doing that so when they say things like hey man why did you just have like your buddy on a den for this episode I would have liked to hear someone maybe from the show or someone maybe from a lot of the times my answer was like well listen I just didn't have any time like I had five days to get this episode up and running and that's why I had to have like one of my buddies on and then there are people who are like, dude, I love when it's just you and your buddies like bullshitting about Entourage. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, like,
2: I think like, a guest is great every now and then, but at the same time, it's just nice to hear two people who genuinely enjoy the show
1: Yep. kind of talk about it. So it's split in that way. So now I want to, from here on out, you know, season five, episode one through the end of season eight, I want to find the right guest mm-hmm. for each episode. Yeah, and that's an important aspect, too, actually. You know having a podcast, like, just with scheduling, production, timing, like, it's not a perfect science. So, like, yeah, I've got, like, season five, episode one in the bank, and I've got, like, a desk for episode two circled, but, like, he or she hasn't gotten back to me. So, like, if I can't get them on the (laughs) books this week, I'm not just going to force that episode out with, like, a different desk. I I want it it to be good. Because ultimately – what I want this to be is a nice time capsule and I want someone to come across this podcast and go, Oh shit, this guy from San Francisco, who's dead now. <laughs> he <laughs> Every episode, Probably about- like five to 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and two years when I'm dead. No. Uh, <laughs> she went back and rewatched every episode of Entourage and like did a show about it. That's awesome. Like I'm going to listen to it from the beginning and that's what this is supposed to be. Is it supposed to be like a, like a serialized content stream that like isn't super topical. Like we don't talk about current events. We talk about a show that's been off the air for 7 plus years and episodes that are sometimes 10 plus years old. Like I try to relate it back to modern events but without it being too like oh I got to listen this week, you know.
2: Right. So you started listening or watching anyway when you were
1: 1920. Yeah, so like out that in 2004. I probably started watching in 2006, 2007. So there was like two seasons un- under wraps. What's the word? Yeah.
2: So the first episode I ever saw was actually the first episode of season 8. I got into it so late, man. That's so funny, man. Yeah. Uh but this is when I was a senior in college. Um I guess back in 2014 when like that was all wrapping up and I'm like, "What is this? This is when uh Turtle burned the house down."
1: Oh yeah, classic. And Vinny has a, has a drug addiction but doesn't have a drug addiction but can have a beer but can't – yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I really
2: couldn't understand that. I'm like, I
1: need some context here. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a great position for you to be in, though, because then you have 90 episodes to binge watch, and those first 30 are, like, bulletproof. And I must, I, like, kind of, I'm a little jealous because, you know, joining Midway through Season 3, end of Season 3, I then had to wait – six seven months in between each season wait every week to see what happens it was much more of like a roller coaster than uh you who could just rip it off in like you know a couple weeks
2: i'm notorious for getting into tv shows late so pretty much i could just binge anything i want and just kind of hold out it's a smart strategy people
1: do it all the time they say like i'm just gonna wait till it's on netflix so i don't have to watch it every week i'll just watch it all at once i mean that's that's the new it's a new format man all
2: right, so who's your favorite entourage character
1: and why? That's funny. I, I mean, I actually get this question a lot, and I've always said EAT because he's, like, the most relatable. And he's right. supposed to be the everyman. Like, Doug Allen has said that he's the main character of the show. That's why his name is first in the I think he truly really is, yeah. Yeah, he's, like, the everyman. He's, like, our avatar for, like, if you were friends with a famous person, what would it be like? What would your role in that uh, relationship be? <clears throat> However – as a lot of people point out, and, and I even kind of agree, he's not that fun of a character. Dude, um, he's lame as hell, man. <laughs> I personally, upon this whole endeavor, upon rewatching it every week, dude, I rewatch every episode like three times before I record. <laughs> so it's just, it's like, it's just, I go to sleep and quotes and scenes are flying in front <laughs> of my eyes. Um, I really, really have an appreciation for Billy Walsh now. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. my full-time job is... Um, a senior writer at a creative ad agency. So I come up with ideas for commercials and digital ad campaigns and all sorts of like professional even, content.
2: Even when he was a dick in yeah. like the early seasons,
1: I still loved him. And that's what it is like, just his manic, creative genius, his like fuck commerce thing, <laughs> his like, you know, his suit suck shirt, like all of it. Dude, that was awesome. It's so like, you know, uh, lighting yourself on fire martyrdom but like he's just so funny and reese toro i've reached out to him like a hundred times and the dude just maybe he, he has no interest in revisiting the character but like he's never ever yeah, i was gonna much- say has he done anything since he's uh, he's- been, i mean no yeah he's not like he's a working actor like he was right. just in that tin robinson show on netflix he's had a couple of bit parts like he's definitely not like on ice somewhere but um yeah man just a great character and incredible performance. We're like right now where we are in the show, like Billy kind of reached his peak and then he doesn't show up for another three seasons. And even when he comes back, it's still funny to me as like, he's ever like <laughs> born again and like, you know, it's just, it's yeah. just a great, like just a great character. I just, you know, and then honestly, dude, like just talking to Jerry Ferrara for an hour and a half, like turtle, like skyrockets, just his like listening to like the purpose and the intent behind the character that Jerry put into it really made me, mer- <clears throat> Really made me respect the performance um, a whole hell of a lot more
2: yeah, totally agree um, so let's get into your favorite episodes obviously oh, just obviously you discussed them on previous podcasts yeah, yeah. Um, seasons two through four were pretty heavy with a good a lot of good ones oh. um, my maserati does 185 I know it's that's it
1: you're top that's my number one yeah it's funny uh, I had the guys from Chad goes deep on for that one that was my first time I ever had them on we had we did this weird like three-way Skype thing and it was a little awkward but like those two are so fucking like
2: dude they're hilarious and
1: you guys like like, genuinely enjoyed the episode it was yeah yeah it was so funny because I'm not like revealing any secrets here but those two guys are doing like characters essentially it's Mm -hmm. like character work and it's funny watching them like um react to the episode as their characters and then genuinely just as like a group of guys want to talk <laughs> about the show and be excited about it. Right. Sometimes they'd break character. If anyone has any affinity for Chad and JT, go back and listen to the two episodes I've had them on for. I've had them on for like two of the biggest Entourage episodes because they are, in my opinion, like the perfect guests for this podcast. Like two guys who don't take it too seriously, who just want to talk about like the good stuff and they're just so tell. Cal- bros who like just enjoy vibing and chilling and actually uh, the, the <laughs> best so yeah my, uh, my Maserati does 185 because it starts off they sit courtside at the Lakers game afterwards they go into like the players lounge and they don't like run out onto the court and get to like fuck around they meet Lamar Odom they get invited to a beach house to Jamie Presley's house uh Vince just randomly gives his best friend a Maserati and it ends with all of them like giving like <gasps> hooking up on the beach. And yep. it, also, it also has this, like, really underrated moment with E. Where and he, he's scored, just, he's, he scored the hottest girl. Yeah, I've perfect seen. 10 model. But he, he's been, like, doing that thing that we see all of our friends go through and some of us have gone through, which is that, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's getting jerked around by some girl who, like, everyone around him is like, dude, she sucks. Just, like, break up with her so we can get our, our old buddy back. And this is the episode when he, like, you know, I just decides to cheat on her as kind of shitty. But basically, like, suspects her of cheating on him. It's confirmed an episode later, and no, it's confirmed in this episode. Sorry. And when he finds that out, he has like this ultimate mic drop moment. Every guy wishes they have it, right? When some girl's like, "Oh, I cheated on you," is that actually I cheated on you last night with someone way hotter than you? Uh, see you later. Perfect mm-hmm. moment. Yep. It's it's the perfect like. It's such fantasy. Like uh, no one reacts to hey, I've been cheating on you, with, like, cool, so did I. Like, that's not how that happens. (laughs) That's not how life works, man. You find out, like, your long-term girlfriend cheats on you, you're immediately a puddle. Um, But, you know, I liked the fantasy, right? I wish I could have done that to, like, you know, one of my exes who cheated on me. I wish that that was one of the things I could have (laughs) said.
2: Going off of E and Sloan, too. Yeah. All the guys keep ripping on E for coming back to Sloan. But we've talked about this, like, Sloane is the perfect girl that you want to end up with.
1: Yeah, she's rich, she's low-maintenance, she's obviously gorgeous, and she's down for threesomes. So she is basically a fantasy girl. Um, Would make more sense if she was like this and she was like Vinnie Chase's love interest, you know? Like, oh, she's got it all going on and she's super low-maintenance. That's because she's with an A-list movie star and she wants to appear as... Low maintenance as possible. The fact that it's like with E, this dude who, like, you know, Kevin Connolly is the goat of the show, but, you know, he's just like a normal dude. Like, he's kind of like, he's a little out of his lead. It's funny. And I love that, like, the guys give him shit about it because I said this in the most recent episode, but, like, it's just like she just represents reality for these guys. And they've been living in the fantasy. They want the fantasy to continue. Yeah, it's a grounding. They don't want to see one of their boys sidelined. And I get that. Um, I've I've been in that position where like one of my buddies has like met the love of his life early on, and we're like, come on, man, you really need to go hang out with that girl, and we'll think she's awesome, and you know they're still married and happy to this day. We just don't want the fun times to end. Nobody does. I think it's inevitable with every guy group in that regard. Just anyone
2: settling down, even if the girl's great, we're still going to give them shit. Hundred percent. All right, let's talk about something else real quick. Um, The best of LinkedIn. Twitter uh, account. Uh, <laughs> so this uh, is one of the questions I added. Love it. Um love how was there a specific post or how did you kinda go about starting that? Because dude, it's hilarious.
1: I appreciate it. Um so the best of for people who might not know, the best of LinkedIn is a Twitter and Instagram account where I repost people's insane bullshit stories <laughs> that they tell on LinkedIn. <laughs> I I try to keep it pretty anonymous that I block out last names and companies and job titles. Um, but I, I, you know, I essentially flame them. It essentially is like a meme account. Right. And it's, yeah, it's very popular. It's, it's become like this, it's become like another thing that I do. Like, you know, every day I work on the podcast a little bit every morning. I like schedule three best of LinkedIn tweets, um, Mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. I, you know, engage with people all night. I got people sending me, um, LinkedIn posts from all over the world. It's, it's, it's become really interesting. So how it happened was I'll try to keep this as short as possible. So before I was in my creative role, I was in sales. I worked in ad sales for eight years. I used to sell TV commercials at FX networks in Chicago. And then when I moved out to the Bay area, I worked for a couple of like digital and mobile ad networks, um, Selling an ad space there, and I was miserable. I was like not fulfilled creatively. I was making good money, but just had like a ton of time on my hands. I was traveling a shit ton, which was great. I know how much you love to travel. Like, the only perk of it was like airline status and like you know miles, but I really was just kind of like unhappy, bored. And I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn, and I hated everyone on LinkedIn. I just was like, God, everyone, it's like Facebook, LinkedIn. man. It's like the professional Facebook. The and problem is with LinkedIn, is that, like, nobody is held accountable because everyone's <laughs> names and titles are there. So like, right. Matt, if you post some bullshit story about how your three-year-old asked you the best way to like optimize their like cereal consumption in the morning and you learned a lesson from it and related it back to some product you were selling and you posted on LinkedIn, because you know who I am and where I work, I can't comment on that bit. Fuck you. This didn't happen. <laughs> So, why not create, like, an avatar. You know, it's just, like, a fucking emoji (laughs) guy. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. And it's funny because I created it with no real means of, like, it going anywhere. And, like, within a year, like, the New York Times contacted me, and they interviewed me about Mm -hmm. it. And it's been featured on Barstool a bunch of times. And, like, it's just, it's funny. Because, like, every once in a while, I will get the attention of the person who actually did it. And... (laughs) it's funny because you know
2: wait in- so they actually they, they actually know would reach out to you
1: oh yeah and then in, in this internet content game matt you need to have like a thick skin like oh yeah know, like you put something out there people are not going to like it and you have to be okay <laughs> with that. Like, that if that's one thing i've learned from doing comedy from doing whatever from just being a creator these people would get so upset they'd threaten me with defamation suits they'd like <laughs> <laughs> like demand to take things down. There'd be people who would be so hateful to me. And my response would be like, Hey, you put this on the internet for people to react to. You have to, they have to understand that. You yeah. Didn't like the reaction at dot, And now you want to take your ball and go home. This is what's wrong with like I, I, 20.
2: I, I actually just watched the South park episode uh, where Cartman um, has tweet, just like taking all of his comments from online yeah like and then just like filtering down just to like the good ones yep. so that's so funny you mentioned that
1: yeah man and I, uh dude i got in some trouble with it like i can't like reveal a lot but this dude was mm-hmm. like literally like trying to sue me and i was like no but like, they but like like they know who they are but like no one else does so what's it really matter i mean it can be argued that like, I don't make it super hard to figure out who these people are, you know? Like, you can just search for, like, keywords in their posts yeah. That's and their a good first point. name and their, like, job title to find them. But, like, it's not the point, dude. I'm, I'm just, like, it's gotten so bad. I did so many DMs from people that, like, if someone posts something that's particularly bad, I'll get it sent to me, like, 30 times. And I have to say to 30 people, like, yep already got it already I'll post it or I'll say like I'm not gonna post this one because like this dude is doing it for attention this dude knows that he's like stirring the pot and yeah and so I'm just gonna ignore it and that pisses people off too it's just it's fun it's just like a fun stupid thing I do I wish there was a way I could make money off of it to be honest <laughs> with you just like um yeah dude yeah. it's so, it's really popular so um, yeah, yeah thanks I appreciate it. that's so funny that you called that out not I don't talk about that with a lot of people Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just all part of the digital creation world,
2: but, uh, this is
1: sorry. This is like, yeah, we're back Patty. And like people might think I'm a douchebag by saying this, but like I went and I got the New York times article about it. And the plan is to frame it and put it up in my office because like, there is nothing (laughs) funnier than what I've been a writer my entire life. I would kill to have my words appear in the New York times. And, the and it's funny how time, this happened. <laughs> and the first time is because they want to talk to me about a Twitter account. I made making <laughs> fun of people on LinkedIn. Like that's just fucking, that's gold. That's like, that, that's a story I'll tell for a long time.
2: All right, JR, we're wrapping up here. I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, where can people follow you online, man? Um, with all
1: your accounts you got going on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, at JR, we'll do it on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. If you're interested in an entourage podcast, it's at, Oh yeah, pod on Instagram and Twitter. Run Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you can find your podcasts. Uh, season five hits off on Monday. We're recording this on Friday, so Monday, May fourth. Um, we'll yeah, I'll put out the link. Back, yeah, back on the uh, back on the pony. So give that a, a listen if you're interested. And yeah, check out at best of LinkedIn on Instagram and Twitter if you were looking for some dumb, you know, funny content about the horrible people on LinkedIn.
2: All right, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Sorry for these scheduling issues, but I'm ah, glad we made it happen. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Matt. So we got JR at JR Will Do It on Instagram and Twitter. Oh yeah, pod on Instagram and Twitter. And then the best of LinkedIn on Twitter. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Stay safe. <laughs>
0: Day, beautiful, my by day What a in ending I see. My mind had been in danger. In the memory, you overflow. I wanna be your superhero, even if I tumble fall. Oh.